Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT and I like to drink tea and I'm with Joey who likes to drink coffee. Slick. There you go. I like that. It goes together. Yeah. My friends, is loser mentality limiting your jiu-jitsu? Now, it is true that there's sometimes we blame others, we get down on ourselves and then we kind of just, we want to look for an out. But in jiu-jitsu, this is not necessarily the best thing that we can do. And I found myself falling into this before, um, kind of blaming other people for what's going on. And then I had someone check me really hard and, um, and it, 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 it kind of shocked me back to reality and I was like, all right, yeah, that's, that's on me. You know, I need, I need to fix up. So like, I'm a piece of shit. I am. I'm the worst. It wasn't Joe, by the way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, and I'm not talking about winning championships, like We're champions talk- only. Victim, victim kind of mentality. Yeah, victim mentality. But yep. it's this – and the, the hard thing about it is people are like, no, I soldier on, I show up. But they, they expect to lose. Like I, I actually had this with a student where they're like, well, I'm not going to win. What's the point? It's like, what? what? Hang on. What, who says you're not going to win? Like straight away, you know, you're defeated. If you say it is, it is, right? Yeah. Um, have you come across anything like this, Joe? Well, yeah, victim mentality for sure. I think, I think everyone, uh, yeah, I've personally experienced it at times mm. where, where something happens and you're like, you know, you, you get down and you're like, why, why does this happen to me? Why does so-and-so always do that to me? Yeah. Why am I, you know, it's this like, it's this kind of like you-centric view of everything that's happening on, in the world. The world. Um, doesn't happen as much, like I've, I can check it very quickly these days because I guess it's something I've been aware of and I'm like, and don't, like in, this is what I'm saying to myself. I'm like, don't talk like that. Mm. It's not cool when you talk like that. So then I'm like, ah, oh, no, I need to change how I respond Yes. to that situation or whatever. I feel that and I speak to people a lot. You know, I think it's very common. You speak to people that sort of express that and it's kind of tough because you're like, man, don't speak like that. It's not helping you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean there's lots of things that can really hamper your progress but your mentality and the way you view things, the lens with which you view things can really change things. And this isn't as simple as the kind of wavy hands, woo-woo, Kind of just be, you know everything's positive. No, that's not necessarily what it is. But you can you can look at it a lot of ways. So my instance was I kept getting armbarred on my right arm. That that kept happening in training, but then it happened three times at a competition, <laughs> which is kind of rough. Like uh, I got armbarred, but fought out of it in the first round. Yeah, won that match, and then got armbarred really hard in the second match. Same arm. Then fuck with not not feeling very good. Went in the absolute, got armbarred even harder, and now I've got like my right elbows in question. Same cat? Uh, no, different people. But clearly, there was something about my behavior. They were obviously in cahoots. And yeah, the, the plotting against vulnerable. me. Yeah. Why you got to pick on my injured side, guys? I put a special piece of tape on my gi with a cross to say you cannot attack this. <laughs> no, it's savage. Like, you got a weakness, people are going to go for it. It's the difficulty here was I, I tried to talk to this 
uh, like a senior brown belt at the academy I was training at. And he's like, well, what, what's your defense? Like, what do you, show me what you're doing. He's like, yeah, your arm's hanging out. Your elbow's hanging out. I'd arm by you. Like, what are you doing? And he really put it back on me. And I was like, oh, I just thought they're really good at arm bars. He's like, no, you're just really bad at arm bar defense. Like you, it's not, a, it's not a necessarily a pro in their game. It's not like, oh, they're so good at that. You left yourself vulnerable for that. If your game was tighter and you were better there, you wouldn't be suffering this. Now, at this point in time, guys, I don't want you to hear this and be like kind of victim blaming. Like I, I, I've had the – Don't let your victim mentality shit make you turn the podcast off, right? Curb it <laughs> for the next yeah, 25 minutes. Just, just park it. No, no, no. But it's just more kidding. that – I love you. <laughs> it's more that idea that um, I've had coaches say, well, just don't be there. You know, like that's not good advice. Yeah. I'm here. I suck. Like what am I going to do? Well, what am I going to do to fix it up? But it's the idea that you are in control of this thing in the sense that you can take steps to improve it. I believe that is true of all jujitsu, whether it's, oh, there was just strength on me. Well, maybe you're not strong. Maybe you haven't cultivated strength. Maybe you haven't put that time in. So, yeah, that's a glaring weakness. Or, oh, don't use your flexibility against me. Like, you know, you're not saying that to anyone. Well, yeah, I mean, so on that, like say there's the, there's the jiu-jitsu technique side, mm-hmm. which is I always get caught in this or, you know, whatever. But somewhere where I think it really pops up in our realm is uh, people who always get injured. Yeah. It's like, oh, I always get injured. Fuck, I'm always, you know, why? Like kind of thing. Like maybe they don't necessarily say why, but you can sense that, the way that they are experiencing this moment of injury, they're like, why me? Why does this always happen? Yes. And sure, like you want to – it's fair to to go through that, but that same person is is often also the one that doesn't do anything to look after themselves. No. They're not doing a couple of days of strength training. They're not stretching. Yeah. They're not concerned about, you know, uh, dialing in their recovery. No. And so from an outsider's point of view, you're like, well, you fucking idiot because you don't do any of this other shit. Like, of yeah. course you got injured. Of course this happens all the time. Yes. Stop, you know, don't, don't bring this to me. You have to take responsibility for yourself. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, in part goes back to some of that stoic mindset that we spoke about Definitely. in an earlier episode, right, where it's like, Challenge is a part of the life and it's definitely a part of jiu-jitsu. You have to be able to see that as a positive as positive feedback mm. so that you can develop to become better. Definitely. And also know that obviously you cannot control what someone else does, but you can control what you do. So if you are suffering kind of at your own hands, you can change that. Like you can. And, and it, yeah, catastrophe can befall us all in in all ways shapes and forms but in in truth it's how you respond to it and it's this idea that you're not blaming others for your situation yeah you might have had a really bad start in life or whatever but there's there's countless cases of people just going okay i'm not going to let that hold me back and whatever you learned as a kid or your parents taught you growing up or whatever your life has conditioned you to believe you have chosen (laughs) jujitsu you've chosen the hard path Therefore, it is important for you to have a winning mindset. And this isn't about winning championships and being on the podium. This is like you finding a way to work it to your advantage, not your disadvantage. Don't look at this like, oh, this is fucking me up. I'm going to avoid it. It's like, okay, hang on. Why is this fucking me up? Is it because I don't understand it or, you know, and and you'll come across it all the time where someone who's actually fairly open-minded or we talk about – so. If you haven't heard of this before, we talk about like a growth mindset versus like a scarcity mindset. 
or a limited mindset. So there's a lady named Angela Duckworth, could be a doctor, uh, who wrote a book called Grit. Very, very famous book. It's all about determination and stick to itness, you know? Stick to itness. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Tenacity, you might say. Oh. Anyway, I could tell I could tell the story relevant to how I got that. I learned the meaning of that maybe another time. But essentially, it's this idea that even though bad things like this chaos around you inside, that shouldn't disturb what you're trying to do. If something goes wrong, you're still going to try and move forward. Something's going right you're still going to show up. You know, like it's, it's – the external stuff isn't going to change what you do. Whereas other people who are a little bit more um, – not even sensitive, but they think that these external things matter, it's going to change their internal state, which throws them off course. So I definitely recommend that book. It's, a, it's an oldie but a goodie. A lot of people reference it. It's called Grit by Angela Duckworth. But really what we're looking at is this loser mentality versus a winner mentality. It's funny you mentioned that book. I was like, oh, yeah, I know this book because there's – there's another book very similar called Mindset by right. Carolyn Dweck. Yeah. Where she presents the, the this basic sort of um, – It's, it's almost between Yeah, between a fixed mindset and a growth, growth mindset. mindset. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's very fascinating. And I think like yeah, – it's the same – to sum it up, it's like the fixed mindset people think that we are the way we are and that won't change. We think that the world is kind of the way it is. Yeah. And, and those people don't necessarily apply a fixed mindset to everything, but that's kind of the, the, the base belief. It's, a, lin- it's Whereas, a lens. Yeah, growth mindset is like, no, I can change, I can evolve, I can adapt, things can change. Yes. You know, and, and I, I don't know if I need to tell you guys this, but the growth mindset is kind of the one you want to have. It's how you win, yeah. Um, though, interesting point on that, actually, because here's a deal. I know that that book is referenced a lot. And what I didn't read the whole book because basically you read the front cover and the back and you know what the book's That's about. That's what the book's about. She yeah. shows the fixed thing and the growth thing and you say, okay, growth good, fixed bad. Yeah. Um, and then you read the book and it's just reinforcing that the whole way. All, all the evidence, yeah. But I remember speaking to a mate about John Marsh. Sure. And uh, it was – we are having some deep discussions at the time. As you do with John Marsh. Yeah, and I sort of brought that up and he said, yeah, I think that's all bullshit. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? And he said – he said, well, I think, that, I think that everyone is – I think everyone switches between fixed and growth mindsets. I don't think it's a mindset as such as they either have – people have bandwidth for some things and not for others. He said, as an example, you take a fantastic, successful CEO, extremely growth mindset oriented when it comes to business or making money or whatever, he said, but talk about their personal health, talk about perhaps their relationships with family – and you start to see fixed mindset in those areas. Yes. And it's just that they're so fucking tired, they're they, fatigued, under-recovered, overworked, they don't have neurological bandwidth for those things. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit, that's a really great, that's a really sort of different way to look at it. Definitely. And, uh, and, but on, on the JITS front, I can, speak to, I can speak to a bit of that when it's been like struggling to make it to training. You're tired, you're busy at work, whatever, family life. You just managed to get to training and then, and you're like, that's the win. I'm here at training. But then you find that you get in a cycle where perhaps so and so keeps catching you in something, or you keep making the same mistake, mm. or, or you, perhaps you go in thinking, I'm going to train like this tonight, and then you don't. And you're like, you know, you basically don't have bandwidth to address that thing. Yeah. But there's a discipline and, a, and an amount of awareness that's required to go. Hey, bro, why do you keep catching me in that yeah. fucking armbar? Can How, we just can workshop this for up? a few minutes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that takes courage. 
And hard conversations take courage. Like you saying to – not you, I'm saying me. Me saying to my partner, look, you, you maybe you don't want to go to the gym. I want to go to the gym. I'd love you to want to be there but I'm just going. Like whatever you're doing, I don't want to hear why you can't come. You don't need to justify it to me. I'm fucking going because I need this and this is important for me. Same way, I don't have to justify why I'm going to jiu-jitsu tonight. You know why I'm going. Don't be upset about it. We've talked about I'm fucking going to the gym. That takes courage. Like you have to be open and honest about what you need, which means no. that's what we are. You, <laughs> no, but I'm saying. Tell like, me more about that, James. <laughs> and how does well, that make Joe, you feel? I'll lean back on the couch. <laughs> look, I think it starts when I was five. No, look, it's one of those things that I find it difficult to be honest with people closest to me because I can be, I can be very harsh, and I don't want to. I don't believe it. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm guy. not accepting that. <laughs> I just – I don't want to hurt those closest to me. And I know that people I, – I find it's very difficult for me to communicate honestly without upsetting people because there's just no filter. If you're close to me, you better be you better be a black belt in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> it's going to get rough. Just because like I'm just – I bring a certain level of honesty. If you've known me for more than 10 years, you know what I'm like. And it's not because I'm – I want to hurt you. I have to be very honest about what I need and what I want. And that means I've got to go to bed early. I've got to get up early. I've got to do jujitsu. I've got to do hard things. I, I can't have things inhibit that. Otherwise, I just don't function well as a human. I understand myself. And I'm saying, if, relating this back to you, if you're hearing this, if you find it hard to really, not even ask permission, but just say, hey, I need to go to jujitsu a bit earlier so I can warm up, have my body feel good and get the most out of it, that takes courage. And if you've got that mentality like, oh, I've got an overbearing partner and she won't let me in, fucking whatever, man. Like you're in charge of that. Like you need to be able to have that conversation and it takes courage. You don't want it to break the bank but sometimes you've got to have those hard conversations with other people but then also with yourself. Are you, you, know, are you selling yourself short because you're saying someone else is in control of your choices which is not true. That's what I believe is at the core of this thing. Your take? Yes, I agree. Absolutely. I think there's kind of – I see two parts for that. One is, yeah, that sort of self-discipline, self-awareness, and it's all—it's almost like a self-mastery thing of like know what you need to do and then do that thing. Mm. So, yeah, don't get sidetracked by, you know, um, whatever. Maybe I'm not going to go to train tonight because I'm going to upset my partner or um, I don't have time to go to the gym even though I know I really should. You know, it's like, no, you, if you've – if you've made an agreement or you've come to an understanding that you need that thing, then you go do that thing. At the same time, you also have to honor those relationships, right? And of course. And I can definitely say that as like a as a as a young dad, it's like I made the call to not go to Jits last night because I didn't go at lunchtime. Right. Because I had a lot of work on. That's normally when I train. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hey, hey, Mace, I think I might go train Jits tonight. And she was like, oh yeah, cool. And then I was like, no, if I go tonight, I'm gonna be leaving the house in about 20 minutes and Leo's fucking tearing the joint to shreds. And I was sure. like, no, I'm just going to be here tonight. I was yeah. like, I'll make it up later in the week. So I think it's, it's also okay to, to compromise, right? Um, but, but I was going to say on the compromise piece yeah. is I feel people compromise all the time. Yeah, all the time. And then yeah. they're like – and then they're not, not doing themselves justice and then they, they blame that on others when – well, yeah, and it's like, oh, I don't have time or, yeah. you know, I, that's right. Things, and you're like, no, 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 it's not that. It's just that you haven't made the time. Correct. Yeah, and I think that, that the wording 
that you use is very important language isn't it like it's like when someone asks me how i am and i'm always busy i really try never to say busy no i can say like i got a lot of stuff going on and i can articulate what it is Mm. but to be that person's like oh i'm super busy with work like dude Come on. Like yeah. that's a you said it the other it's day. Busy's a choice, right? Yeah, man. So it's like if you if you don't like it, don't can't don't have a whinge about it. Exactly. Change it. Yeah, don't complain. But I the other side that that I'm kind of seeing is like just this the narrative that you have in the world. And it is like, are you in control of what you can control? In which case, when something happens that you don't like, make an effort to change that thing. Make an effort to not let that thing happen again. Mm. So it's like if you keep making that mistake at training or you keep showing up and getting injured or you keep finding that your relationship with that person at training is whatever, bugging you or do something about it. Like have the conversation, make the time to fix it, evolve what's happening because that's how you grow. Yeah. Gentlemen, y'all strive for gold in your life, right? Gold medals, gold watches, gold everything. However, there is a certain type of man who goes the extra mile. He walks with confidence of a lion and he giggles in the face of danger. He's a big, hairless winning machine and when he unzips his pants, he sees platinum. That's right. Manscaped would like to announce that their biggest and best ultimate hygiene bundle, the Platinum Package 4.0, is now available worldwide, JT. Manscaped is the leader in below-the-waist grooming. Now trust them with your whole hygiene routine. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRIZZLY. You too can have this same level of hygiene. You can get 20% off and free shipping when you use the code GRIZZLY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. It's time you enjoyed the finer things in life. Get yourself a platinum package for your platinum package. So a, a lesson that I learned um, back when I was trying to make it in Taekwondo, uh, I went to see a sports psychologist, performance psychologist. He'd worked with Leighton Hewitt. And Leighton Hewitt, uh, for those of you who remember or don't remember, was world number one at one stage. Australian. Australian. Come on! For our, for our overseas listeners. He beat Pe- Pete Sampras, I think, back in 2000, 2001. Yeah, and he was famous for getting down and then coming back. He was a real <laughs> emotional guy, wasn't he? Oh, man. And he'd have these epic sets and, he, you know, it would go like just tie breaks and crazy. So I got put onto his sports psychologist and this guy gave me a really good technique. So we're talking about like having a loser mentality, identifying, okay, here's how to have a winning mentality. This is, this is a lesson I was taught. Um, this gentleman taught me to, he said, just get an A4 sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle. On the left-hand side, you have what I can control. And on the right-hand side, what I can't control. Now write down the things within your control in your life. It's usually not that long. It, well, for me, it was five things. It was like training, food, sleep, you know, just basic life stuff. And then <laughs> on the other side of what I couldn't control was like 30 things, more. I just could, I couldn't stop writing all the stuff I was stressing about that I couldn't control. And he said, okay, cool. And so he got me to fold the bit of paper down the line multiple, multiple times to weaken the paper, gave me a ruler, and he got me to tear it in half. He's like, you know, now take that bit of paper which has all the things you can't control, scrumple it all up, and then throw it into that bin like a, like a basketball shot, like a Michael Jordan. He's like, that's where it goes. You see that thing which you can control? This is all you think about. 
You can't think about that because then you will have no energy for this, which means you'll be very ineffective. He's like, as an athlete, you can only focus on what you can control and everything else is just noise. And I, I like it, that. It was a relief. I was like, oh my God, I don't have to worry about that stuff. Because I thought I had to, you know, I was, you know, as a kid, I was taught I, sh- I need to be concerned about things, you know, and I think I get that from my mum. That sounds like the Carolyn Dweck thing. He's like, he's just given you the whole thing on the cover. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, what are we doing next session? He's like, <laughs> we're going to do it again. <laughs> just until it's ingrained. <laughs> and it's, it's so powerful. And, I, and I, I always try to come back to that when I catch myself falling back in the habit of getting, not anxious, but like overthinking and, and worrying about shit. Yeah, that's just. You know, what we're talking about with social media the other day, huh? Yeah, yeah. You kind of got activated by something you saw. Oh, yeah. And you know it and you're like, fuck. And it's like taking up energy and time. It distracts. And you're like, you got absolutely no control over what someone else posts on Instagram. No. You know, and that's, and it's, it's true. It's so easy. Like, it's so easy to get caught up in that stuff. I mean, fuck, it's, it's social media. It's the news. It's. And for us also, it's business, guys. So you've got to think we, we, we love you and, and want to talk to you and love to hear from you. So therefore, it's really important for us to pay attention to what's going on in jiu-jitsu culture, what's going on with you guys. Like we want to know that what we're doing is relevant to the culture, right? Yeah. So we have to pay attention. We do, but it also it's like, well, there's so much fucking junk out oh, there. Oh yeah, and I get we don't have to pay attention to that. No, nah, but I get a little bit triggered, right? And I see some, I see some fake ass dick riding bullshit yeah i want to call it out i don't know like what Absol- am i a middle class white boy two-pack of australia <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of am no <laughs> yeah. i'll go to war i've always thought of you more as an east coast kind of rapper but oh, i feel man, new york no i just I just tap into that emotional getting shot when you're i'm thinking more like kind of baltimore somewhere cold you know that's how <laughs> i see your kind of rap life <laughs> i love it but yeah so um it's, it's kind of been in that Really good book on that, and I, this book's super played out, but you may not have heard of it, Man's Search for Meaning. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which I think is just a perfect example of someone who has it's – a, it's a great story. Victor, I went to – Victor Frankl. That's right. He's lumped in with one of, you know, a group of the greatest victims in all of history. Yes. But he just takes a perspective that he, he's not, and he controls what he can, yeah. and he finds a way to, to, to have meaning in his life in circumstances that are Terrible, extreme, horrendous. Yeah, the, the worst, worst you could imagine. The worst conditions ever. And, you know, and the whole book is kind of about how that affects his psychology and, and how that you know, plays out in his life experience, um, which is, yeah, great book at the very Definitely least. Definitely read it. Definitely read it. But I think, yeah, if you, if you are hearing this and you're like, yeah, i got a tendency to kind of – beat up on myself sometimes and be like, fuck, why is that happening? Whatever. Like could be a thing. I do know I can think of a few people who really resort to this victim kind of mindset yeah. a lot and it, it hurts them. Like you see, yeah. you're like, man, this, this, is, this, this pattern of thinking you get into is really holding you back yeah. and not just from jiu-jitsu but it's holding you back from everything in your life. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone just the other day and I, they're, they're such a lovely person and I feel like they are a great friend like it strikes me that everyone around them loves them because they are so giving and generous to others but they are not a good friend to themselves. I was like, man, just imagine, you know, when you talk to yourself inside, the internal dialogue, how do you talk to yourself? Because your actions show that you're really mean to yourself, man. Like, I, you know, I, I, I go there too so it doesn't matter. I have the, the uber upswing of you're the champion to like you're – Idiots. Why'd you do that? But it's okay. I'm kind of stuck in the middle, but it, it balances out. But it was interesting because I just said, man, I think you just have to be a better friend to yourself. Like, don't be so harsh on yourself. 
you're, you're succeeding. You're, you're, you're succeeding at what you're trying to do and you being mean to yourself is actually not helping you. If anything, it's limiting you, it's draining your energy, it's, it's hurting how you view yourself in jiu-jitsu and you're a fucking champion. You're going to be a world champion one day. Like you have to believe that. And how you talk to yourself is really important. And having a mean voice in your head like, oh, if I'm really mean to myself, then no one can critique me. No, like you, you get criticism in life. It doesn't matter, but it shouldn't be you undermining your own confidence. Mm. I think that's, that's what I would say. Yeah, it's big. Mate, have we um, – I think maybe we'll, we'll leave it there. That's a good one. We've got a, we got a voicemail today. We do. We have an interesting message. We've got a voicemail. Here we go. Uh, by the way, these voicemails come through on our webpage. So if you want to leave one for us, ask a question about JITS, JITS politics, whatever, training piece, um, go to bulletproofforbjj.com, hit the podcast thing and you'll see, uh, leave a voicemail. Hey guys, uh, Jimmy here. Just wondering, have you ever looked into Reiki energy healing? Now, I know this sounds like crazy hippy-dippy stuff, but it's something that I have had done, something I've learned to do. And I just thought you guys are all about, you know, healing the body, regenerating the body and stuff like that. Would it be something you'd be open to doing? Um, obviously, just find someone in your area that does Reiki healing, someone that's maybe legit that you can find through someone else that's recommended. And maybe um, the two of you could go have like a Reiki healing session each and then, you know, report about it back on the podcast. I'm going to cut it short there because we got the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for the question, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate you um, tuning in. All right, the Reiki piece. My what? Here's my views on it. Yes. I've had it done twice. Okay. One session was way back in the day when I had a shoulder issue or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember what happened, but I remember the guy was raking, but he kind of gave me a massage. And I'm like, that was kind of nice. Sure. But it was whatever. More recently, a couple of years ago, a Reiki practitioner that I know. Now, here's what I understand of Reiki. Okay. They don't. Reiki practitioners don't actually put hands on you. Right. It's hands around, around. the body, yeah. right? And it's this energy thing, which to me immediately is like, no, nah, that's not going to work. Mm. Uh, I don't buy it. But here's what I buy in the experience that I had. Sure. The, the woman who, who, who did the session, she buys it hard. Right. So, she, so the conversation was, hey, let me, let me give you an experience. Come, right? So instantly it was like, come on, like open yourself up to it. Let's see what you yeah, think yeah. kind of thing. Then when I went to the session, it, she, she's a very calm woman, very nice to talk to. She has a very kind of um, gentle kind of motherly sort of demeanor. Yeah, which, which is instantly for me is like I feel, uh, I feel secure and I feel looked after. Yeah, okay. And cool. I went into the room and it was a quiet room. Nice. The bed. She's like, oh, just lie on the bed, you know, and it's like I don't know if there was music but I could hear like birds and stuff outside and – and then she's like, okay, so the session's going to start and she's talking very softly. And anyway, it was really nice. She was really nice. It was really nice having someone want to look after me. Her intention was to look after me. To heal? The hands, I, I don't know. I can't feel anything. But I was relaxed. I walked out of there. My state had been changed, right? Okay, yeah. So as much as I'm like, yeah, the hands that didn't touch me, I don't buy that. But I'm like, that experience as a whole, it was relaxing. That was nice. And sometimes 
that's all that that is the that's the thing. That's what you needed, right? Like, yeah. so I can't comment on Jimmy's experience. He's obviously had something pretty profound yeah, there. Yeah, sounds wonderful. and I and I got to respect it. It's not a world that I haven't studied it. No, but uh, in terms of like the physiological kind of uh, benefits. benefits, I don't buy it. But I'm down with like almost like a placebo effect. Sure, right? We know that that works. It does. So I'm like, I'll pay it something in that regard. Okay, I'm a skeptic. Not because I had it done. So I have to speak from a point of complete ignorance other than I have come to know three very different Reiki practitioners. And for me, it didn't strike me that they had a, a particularly deep understanding of anything. So these are people who have no background in training, no background in physical therapy, no background in anything health related, but they decided they're going to get into Reiki. And they each had different perspectives, but just based off, you know, and this is so, I've never had it done. So this is completely off no experience. So I can't speak to your experience, Joe. Ignant. Ignant. I'm 100% ignorant. And I say, this is my opinion. Uh, no, I just, I'm skeptical. That's why I'd say, I just, I look at it and I go, uh, yeah. there's many things out there in the world. And if people benefit from them, like whether it's religion or, Power bands, like some kind of, you know, like now we're talking. You know, if holograms, if it, yeah, holograms of some magical code and the ions in your body. Like if if it works for you, that's actually awesome. I do believe that. And I went to an SNC course. I think it was level two. It's back in the day, actually at the AIS. Mm. And these guys had just been to China. That's the Institute of Sport. For Australian the Institute of Sport. They'd been to China to see what China was doing before 2008 games. So this is we're throwing back here. And they, they said it was phenomenal, <laughs> like what they're doing. They've got like seven-year-olds, a thousand seven-year-olds on a football field snatching broomsticks on planks of wood and just soldiers walking around being like, you, come with us. <laughs> you have been selected. Yeah. You know. Say goodbye to your parents forever. Yeah, no life. <laughs> You'll become Lu, Lu Xiaojun. You are the next champion. Uh, and then they went to America. And he's talking about the, 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 you know, the SNC in America is amazing. But the athletes were doing all kinds of weird stuff. And they were like, oh, why do you let your athletes do that? Oh, that's his lucky rabbit's foot. Uh, he believes if he has it, he'll jump higher. We let him have it. He jumps higher. You know, because holograms. Yeah. It works. Like it works for that athlete. Why would you take it away? Yeah. In the same way, if somebody is using Reiki, like you, Jimmy, if you love Reiki and men, you know, like I said, I'm coming from a particularly ignorant perspective, but I guess my take on it is. If it works for you, that's awesome. Because a lot of people out there don't know what works for them. Guys, that's a very moderate response from JT. I think we can all agree he's come a long way. <laughs> Just like to take this moment to acknowledge how far you've come, James. Oh, I'm biting down, man. Yeah, I he's am, probably going to beat the fuck out of someone this afternoon. <laughs> about you fucking Roku, motherfucker. <laughs> so I was like, I don't I know what you're talking about. Who are you? It's mouth of guillotine, bitch. No, it's, yeah, I don't know enough. I can't speak. Thanks for the, thanks for the message, Jimmy. Appreciate it. And guys, flick us one. Hey, um, if you are catching the episode on YouTube, we hope that you like the new format. We've upgraded the camera setup. As you can see, we now got two cameras. <laughs> Double the it's workload for Julian. Young Julian's doing a great <laughs> job. Uh, but we hope you like it. If you are watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe to our channel so that you get all the episodes and that just helps us to grow the thing so that you know we can keep doing the thing. Um, but if you would like to be more athletic on the mats and you want to be less injured, we got you. Go to bulletproofforbjj.com, start for free, choose a program that matches your training setup and you can start getting strong and athletic for jiu-jitsu 
Um, and you only got to be training a couple of days a week. It's pretty simple stuff. Nice. Thank you, guys. Thank you, JT. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, Joey. Thanks, guys.